And this time on Culture File, how traditional storytelling holds its space in a world of clicks and touchscreens. Inspired by what he calls the ninja storytelling of the likes of Peg Sayers, Niall de Berker has travelled the world telling tales. His spinning blends patinated yarns with psychogeographic lore and the myths of contemporary media, hopping from the art world to the multiplex in one lung full of air. This month, de Berker sets off on a tour of the western seaboard with what he calls his wild Atlantic tales. Culture Files' Louise McMahon went to hear some of those tales by the ocean near Milltown Malby in County Clare. Brian woke up at the dawning of the day and jumped up and he did say, aye, time for me to go for my snorf. All around him, the warriors in his fort, they're all asleep. But Bran, being a leader, he was an early riser. Rishamak, he runs outside, runs down to the sea, throws off his shirt. The sun is shining, the young green Igtanov. Lamshish chucks Anishka into the Fadaka. And he started to swim, duck-dived under the water. He looks up. You ever duck-dive under the water and see the shafts of sunlight coming down? Felt so good to be alive. The ethos of Shkeliot is free flow. Every generation interprets the stories and tells them in a different way. And every particular individual storyteller has their own style. I think you can get an impression of my style now. It's quite free flowing and it's just inhabiting it. So it's not scripted or anything. Here we're standing just north of White Strand in West Clare. If we look to the north, we'll see Hag's Head and the beginning of the Cliffs of Moher. We flick around, we look down south, we'll see Dunbeg. Within that space alone, there's Spanish ship sinkings, sunken villages, the fairies, there's Dune, you know, the old god of the dead. There's all this mix of folklore and legend and lived experience and nature. With the Wild Atlantic Tales, it'll be the elements, everything from the shore to the air to the sea. The stories will come out from the corpus of tradition that we have and also stories that I've created along this coast as I've gone up and down. This is particularly based towards families and children, so there'll be an educational component to it. For me, arts and education is very close to my heart. In terms of my arts practice, there's a scaly on the road. Let's say we do a story based here in Clare. It'll be with some of the fauna, some of the animals of the coast. There'll be all sorts of stuff in there like ecology, self-esteem, anti-bullying, because you can do all that with myth and legend. That's why traditional scaly and traditional storytelling is such an effective educational tool. Funnily enough, I was on Aaron recently on Inishmore, and a friend of mine said to me, he said, come here a second, I'll tell you. He's from Galway City. He said, there's a, a whale washed up on the shore, and there were sharks in feeding off it, blue sharks. Now, listener, you might think there's no sharks off the Irish coast. There's not only basking sharks. There's the poor Beagle, who's the little cousin of the, the great white. I'll just start a very quick story, shall I? This is from my childhood. So we walk into the West of Ireland cinema, and there I am with my macaroon bar, my daddy beside me eating his chuck ice. In front of us is a bald man with a comb over hairdo, and beside him to his right, two teenagers, engaging in what teenagers sometimes did in those times in cinemas. The adverts went on and on and on. Honda 50, CB Geige, the name you can trust. And then the film opens with a scene there's a young couple sitting by the fire. One of them, he's got a guitar. And beside him is a beautiful young woman with blonde hair and good teeth. She's North American. She stands up and she goes, I'm going for a swim. She probably wasn't from the South, but I don't care. She runs away from the fire, stripping off her clothes. I'm 12, I'm leaning forward. My father stops licking his chalk eyes. The couple 
The teenagers, they stop kissing. She gets to the water, she's naked. She dives in, hussing, she snorts, she's swimming. And the camera goes under the water. You can see it's azure blue and dark denim. That's part of a story that's about why we are scared because we're still on the food chain, but it's about growing up in the west of Ireland in a certain period. It's a collective human experience, so I can tell that story all over the world because there's millions all over the world that put their toe in the water. And it's also a story about migration, a story about reconciliation. So it's all layered, and that's what Scaliacht is about. For me, like many Irish from my generation, I emigrated. I was in London and Germany and traveled to other places. Then I fell in love and ended up in New Zealand. And I was on the road there telling my stories. People would ask me to go to different events. More festivals began to invite me. The museums began to invite me to perform in museums to, to kind of bring the collections alive. And then somebody asked me to go to a city called New Plymouth, which is in the province of Taranaki, to do an, an interpretation of an exhibition by a kinetic artist called Len Lai. So I had to study all up about that and then go in and do, a, do it orally. I was nervous beforehand. And then, of course, once you're on the stage, you're like a pig in a trough. I was loving it. And that opened up a whole new thing for me. One of the things I really loved when I was living in Polynesia is that there were aspects of traditional Polynesian culture that seemed to me to be a direct time capsule from the heroic age in Northwest Europe. And I specifically speak about maybe the stories of Fiona the Fiena. I could be there with my father-in-law. He'd go out hunting for wild boar with a knife. Or they'd go hunting deer, like, just wearing a pair of white gum boots. Or you'd be sitting on a log on the Wanganui River with a trident in your hand and a leg of old meat thrown in the water with a rope and waiting to light a torch so you could catch some eels. So it seemed to me that I was fascinated by that. Because I was so isolated from Ireland at the time, because it was pre-internet and I was just a young lad making my way in the world, I, I really got into looking at the similarities between the two cultures and I found it very inspirational. It was good training for me for my career in the arts. You had to get out there. You had to be on the road. You might be stuck in the South Island for three days with a storm in the Cook Strait before you could get back. Being on the road, the resilience of the road, that's what you build up. You know, to talk about the, the, the links between Gaelic and Polynesian culture in Hawaii, there's such a strong landscape, like here in, on the Wild Atlantic Way. It's so elemental, you know, where the elements meet. The deep ocean and, and the land and the rock formations. So I, I found that and find it very stimulating. A lot of kids now, they see that through Hollywood movies, you know? Yes, yeah. Moana and that. Yeah. But the thing about traditional storytelling is, it's mainlined. It's straight from, it's straight from the imagination and voice of the, of the Shkeli, the storyteller, straight into the ears and the hearts of the listeners. So it's like old school. And that for me is what it's all about. Near Vrish Fukama Fiacal Reeve. A good word never broke a tooth. Niall de Berker there, and the reporter was Louise McMahon. The Wild Atlantic Tales will premiere at the Glore Irish Music Centre in Ennis on September 24th, before setting off on its nine-date journey from Tralee to Letterkenny.